Intellectual Insight. We are back at it. I missed this. It's Carla here. Hey, it's Ina. I'm back. And it's your girl, Raven. And we have a special guest, Zachary. Zachary Lee. Hey, guys. How's it going? It's going good. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me. And the first thing I want to say real quick is I just want to commend you guys on what you're doing. And this podcast is so amazing. And I've got to listen to it. And I just really think that it's something that our city needs more now than any any mm. time. Mm. And so this is a beautiful thing that you guys have going on. So whatever I can do, let's keep it going. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. much. We appreciate, much appreciate it. it. So who are you? Who is that? Well, I, at the end of the day, I'm an artist. I'm a father. And uh, I'm a human with human life in me. And once I realized that, I just I want to spread happiness and positivity. So that's yeah, real. That's what I am. Okay. That's dope. Thank you. Love it. So we typically kick it off with a quote. Yeah. I just pulled this from Instagram. Content marketing is like a first date. If you only talk about yourself, there won't be a second one. Ooh, do you believe oh, that? Ooh, that's so beautiful. <laughs> you believe that? Tell us what you think. Let's pick your brain. I think honestly, ten years ago. With uh, content marketing and brand awareness, everyone was grabbing towards that where they just were putting their selves out there. And I think where business has gone now, people are realizing that that instead of putting yourself out there, you need to show the community. And so you need to show who the audience, what they're purchasing, and you need to show your community more. So. I think that's a very strong point. You can't just put out yourself because then it comes off braggadocious and nobody cares. Nobody right. cares. We all have our own lives. We're all doing our own thing. We want to see things what that you do. exactly. Right. We want to see the things that remind is. us of us. You know. So I think that's very, very key. So, Absolutely. Yeah. If it's not relatable, then we won't be able to connect. Exactly. exactly. So what do you do to relate to your to relate market? To my market, um, I just try to be genuine mm -hmm. and I try to be honest. Because um, even though I teach a business class, what I've learned is that you could have all the all the little nuggets and know-hows that you want, but if if you can just have a conversation with someone and be genuine and listen and learn and then figure out what their problem is instead of just you know because most people just want to pitch right. they just want oh I do this I sell this I do this. and they start naming off this list people get suspicious of that mm -hmm. and so what I've found is that if I just go up and talk to people like like a normal person right and figure out some way to maybe at the end bring in my business but for is I just I just like to have normal conversations but I do have a skew or a whole I have a lot of ideas and knowledge so whenever you guys want to get to that we can <laughs> oh, yeah we can i have a lot of nuggets so yeah i wanted to definitely ask uh, i'm keeping in mind the people who are currently on their journey trying to start getting comfortable with being genuine and mm -hmm. like transparent like in their testimonies and things like mm -hmm. that um how do you set that boundary you know where it's like okay i don't want to share too much or be too transparent like do you ever have that because mm -hmm. i know sometimes we talk about like boundaries and stuff like that but does that apply for this for me, I think, and the way that my business or that my family was raised, and I don't know if it's a if it's an African American thing or what, but my parents and my um, my uncles and all of them, they all have their own businesses, and so for the longest time, we were taught to not talk about our personal stuff, right. to keep all that within, and just put out the business. Mm -hmm. But since I have been finding myself and who I am, I think it's important to share that journey. Absolutely. 
keeping, you know, there's a fine line. You don't want to put out too much stuff, but as long as it's positive and not negative, and I think that's the key because there's yes. so much, so much negative content that people are just kind of grabbing onto for, for you know, and so you have to stay away from that. And if you can put out that positive stuff, then put out whatever you want, you know, right. and just be true to yourself. I think that's how people relate. I mean, if you, if it's just about business and you don't have nothing personal to share, if I don't know who Zach is, I mean, I can't relate to you. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I think that's a good point where you say, you know, just, you know, omit the negativity. But if you have anything positive to share, you know, share that. You know, you may touch somebody that may can relate. You just never know. So that's yeah. that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. And I think you brought up a good point, you know, within our culture um, that we pretty much keep things on the hush. Mm -hmm. You know, one thing being mental health. Mm -hmm. So um, what is your stance on that? Like how, you know, are you transparent about your mental health? And things like that. For me, um, I think a lot of us are just ignoring it. And I think we don't even realize what's really going on within, within us. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, I did the longest. And as a creative, as an artist, as an entrepreneur, I think it's so important because we feel it more than anybody. Mm. You know, I, I actually went out and I talked to a lot of entrepreneurs and creatives. And I asked them about their mental health and do they suffer from depression. And a lot of them overwhelmingly all said yes. Like it was strong. Mm -hmm. and I was like, wow, so something's really going on here and no one's discussing it. It's this huge taboo that no one's really talking about. So what I did was I started to look for answers. And um, what I found was pretty astonishing. Um, but before we kind of go into that, I want to ask you guys, what what are you guys' um, what have you learned about mental health and dealing with it yourself and, you know, well, I mean, for me, I don't personally suffer from mental health, but I do have close family members and friends that do. Yeah. And I think what it is, is it was at a certain time where people that did struggle from mental health were ashamed to inform people that they're, they're getting help. You know, mm -hmm. oh, I'm, you know, I'm seeing a therapist. It was you're crazy. Something has to be wrong with you. So mm -hmm. I love that. Um, especially our culture is taking that step and initiative to reach Finally. out and seek help because right. just because you see a therapist don't mean anything is wrong with you um, and even if there is something that is wrong with you you're taking that approach to get help because obviously you can't do it by yourself mm -hmm. you know so I think that's just a really big step and movement for our culture specifically that is reaching out and getting help from these specialists instead of, you know, that saying, you know, what goes on in this house stays in this house. And you're really growing up and you're suppressing these issues mm -hmm. that they need to come to surface and they need to be approached, you know, head on to, you know, you know, figure it out and, get, you know, and stuff like that. Absolutely. So I think it's just I'm just excited about that, that we're now acknowledging mental health. We're taking steps to, you know, get it under control. And, you know, we're, we're making steps in improvement. And that's what I'm really excited about for African-Americans, period. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Beautiful. And to dig a little deeper, it's just, okay, we, we keep saying that what goes on in this house stays in this house. It's important for us to understand that you're, you may not get the support that you need from your family for that reason. Is that they don't want you to unmask the fact that all of this has been going on. It could be generational. Um, it's things that they were taught to cover up and to conceal. And, you know, it's it's almost um, you are stronger if you can just endure it all and not get the help. And that's the wrong thing to plant into our community, to plant into our families, our children. And so it's, it's important to know that you may have to reach outside your family 
to get that help. Nine times out of ten, a lot. That's the first path to getting help. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, I think for me, you know, I struggle with depression. I've struggled with it. Who oh, I'm about since I was about twelve years old. Um, it was a lot stemming from you know post traumatic you know stress disorder. Um, things that I've experienced as a child and then dealing with, you know, I grew up in a military family, so both my parents got deployed. That was a toll on me. Um, dealing with an abusive relationship, things like that, that just kind of added on that I was always in a sense taught, not necessarily, you know, what stays in the house. It's like we kept it among the family, but they still got me help, you know, things like that. Um, it wasn't necessarily because like my parents, they, you know, wanted to suppress it, but it was more so something just ain't people's business, you know, like some people don't have your best interest. Some people, you know, you just can't trust everybody. Um, so like with that, it kind of got hard because it got to a point where when you're dealing with depression, you in your own zone, you know, it's, it's black. You really don't see too many people. You don't feel like reaching out to anybody, things like that. And I had to get into therapy. I've been in therapy for about six years now. I go every week. Um, and I think as an entrepreneur, it definitely hit even more because now you're dealing with uh, putting yourself out there. Because in order to be an entrepreneur, you got to put yourself out there. You have to put your best foot forward. Sometimes you don't have days to be down. You got to grind through it. But it's also trying to find ways of like coping, mm-hmm. you know, and that's kind of where like in this phase, you know, a lot of things has happened in the past couple of months where I'm having to literally protect my peace. Like, mm-hmm. I'm at a point where, like, for me to cope, if I don't want to deal with it, I'm not dealing with it. Yeah. You know, like, I literally have to go on those random trips and things like that to protect my mental pe- my mental health. But, yeah, like, that's pretty much my experience with that. That was so brave of you and so amazing. So I want to thank you for just sharing that. Thank, <laughs> thank all of you guys for sharing that. One thing that I've found out is that so, so can I talk about my journey and my please, story? Please. So please. for me, so for most people that don't know, I'm a professional portrait photographer, and I've been doing that for 10 years. And the journey that I've went on as a portrait photographer, anybody I suggest, pick up a camera now, because I've met thousands of people, and I've had the opportunity to see all types of personalities, all types of people, individuals, how things work, worldviews in life. And what I realized just recently is that I had been suffering from depression since about the end of high school, so about 10 years. And um, about 10 years, and I had been treating it through my photography, and I didn't know. And so I think what it is is as entrepreneurs, artists, and creatives, we see something, hmm, and, I, and I'll try not to get all over oh, the no, place, that's, that's but, but what happens is we, we see something that everyone else doesn't see. So for instance, and I'll put it in boxes. You have people in nine to fives, and then you have students that work, um, students that work, or I'm sorry, students that go to school and college and whatnot. And so those are the two boxes that most individuals in life are put into. We're either students or we're working, right? And so there's this third box, right? This third box is called the sandbox. Mm-hmm. And that's where the entrepreneurs, creatives, and artists, that's where we go and we find our comfort space and we're able to create, and we're able to create these sandcastles and then we show people and people all, mm-hmm. right? And so entrepreneurs, we feel that oppression, I think it's more of an oppression than a suppression, depression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excuse me. And so I think what happens is we see it and feel it more because we have this sandbox that we're always playing in. Mm-hmm. Whereas a nine to five worker, 
they're always being oppressed by that job, by that, you know, their boss not using their full potential. Right. They're never getting to to experience the joys and pleasures that we experience as entrepreneurs. Yeah. And it's that sandbox. And so since they don't have that, they don't understand, they can't quite understand the depression or, or they don't see it the same way as an entrepreneur might feel it. And so for me, I realized that my photography was a coping mechanism and I didn't even realize I was doing it until I looked into the science of what depression really is. And not to get too boring, but what depression is, is it's a deficiency of serotonin and dopamine levels inside, right? Mm -hmm. And so whenever we get on social media, for instance, and we post a picture, whether it's a selfie or whatever, and it gets a like, well, that's a hit of dopamine. Mm -hmm. It's a quick hit quick that we hits. get, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And so for a second, we feel better, but it's not an actual cure. So for me, my photography was, I was putting all this imagination into the ideas and creating all these things, and that was producing uh, dopamine and serotonin, and it was curing myself. Now, the reason why I found out that I was actually struggling was because every winter time is when I would, I would suffer from like seasonal depression. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I thought it was the money. I thought because during the wintertime, everyone's buying presents and they're going right. on trips and they're spending time with their family and they're not necessarily uh, buying pictures. And so I was like, well, I'm broke, so I'm depressed. Right. What I realized is that it's because my body wasn't making that serotonin and dopamine from all the photo shoots. Wow. And so every, every wintertime that would happen and I never realized what was going on. And so what I've discovered is that that's what's happening in all of us entrepreneurs, creatives, and artists. And so in this journey, I, I figured out not how to trick it, but how to almost cure yourself. And I'm still going on that journey, so I won't talk too much into it. Mm -hmm. But what I want to say, the key thing is, is you have to give back to yourself. Mm -hmm. You have to. And, and one thing I, I love about you ladies is that all of you are kind of coming from a different standpoint in life. You all have different stories, right? But now in life, you've all found a happy place. You've all found that comfort space. And it has one thing in common, and that's you are all giving to yourselves. Wow. We're all giving to ourselves, and that's what it takes. And so if you really want to cure depression, stop. You know, there's these boxes. And a lot of the reasons why we don't know about depression, no one's talking about it, is because big pharmaceutical companies they want to you know you know mm -hmm. they want you to buy the medicine they want right. you to buy the pills mm -hmm. and so they look at eastern medicine they kind of cast that away like the meditation and all that stuff right. but all meditation is is giving back to yourself working out working out yeah. giving back to yourself deep prayer a lot of people that are very spiritual deep prayer mm -hmm. that's just giving back to yourself and what i like to call it is it's spending time in your presence mm -hmm. and so since i realized how to spend time in my presence you know, not only have I cured depression, but I've actually, like, my body, like, my joints aren't so sore anymore. My mm -hmm. blood flow is pumping. I'm always yeah. positive. I'm happy. You know, so my main thing is you have to be the conductor of your own train of thought. And one thing, I keep hearing everybody say it. They just say it a different way. But it's, it's being one with yourself, being the conductor of your own train of thought, being the narrator of your story, being the protagonist in your, you know, journey. And because every day... We have these antagonists, right? Mm -hmm. And we don't realize, so let's talk about affirmations real quick. Ooh, okay? Yes. Let's do that. <laughs> okay, so we're going to talk about affirmations. Mm -hmm. So 
people, they don't realize the science behind what an affirmation is. Mm -hmm. An affirmation is you giving back to yourself, right? And so you read it, or I don't know how they say most people do it, but you're supposed to write it down and you read it every day, right? Mm -hmm. So what I've figured out is if you record your ideas, your thoughts, your affirmations, and then you play them back to yourself every day, it, it amplifies all of that mm-hmm. times 100, mm-hmm. right? So you have to constantly, like your thoughts, your ideas, you have to really spend time in your presence Absolutely. to realize who you are as a person. And once you realize who you are, then you can realize what you can become. But the problem right now is that we've been bombarded. You have to think since, okay, so let's start here. Let's break it down. I tell you, I'm everywhere. Oh, so, no. No, no, no. Go so, so, so let's break it down. So you have to think we as as children, since we were children, we've constantly had all these thoughts and ideas from everything else in life being pumped into us. Right. right? And what it does is it fogs our brain. It fogs our judgment. And the reality that we perceive it isn't real. It's what someone else has told us is right. happening in life. Yeah. And so once you start to become one with yourself... And you start to create your own seeds, your own thoughts, and then you give those seeds water, sunlight, soil, room to grow. Then you start those seeds, they start to branch out. And those seeds, when they branch out and they grow roots and that root, those roots touch your subconscious. Yeah. And so you start to realize who you are. And, you know, it's, it's an amazing thing. It's a really, really amazing thing. And um, so, yeah. And when it comes to marketing itself, sorry to get off the topic, but all marketing is is selling someone a dream, selling someone an idea, a seed, a thought. And so if you can figure out how to do that in a better way and actually help people and not just sell, 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 but actually help, 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 then you can your business will flourish. So Before I go any further into that, I just want to hear some of you guys' thoughts because yeah. I can kind of go on tangents. <laughs> that was amazing. Thank you. Um, I love it a lot because, you know, being one with yourself, that comes with accepting mm-hmm. the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm-hmm. And that is the hardest thing that a lot of people struggle with is being honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. I had to tell one of my friends this morning, like, if you are not honest with yourself, you can't get mad at anybody else ain't honest with you. Like, you ain't even doing yourself that favor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, like, with me, what helped me with being one with myself was literally accepting the good, the bad, the ugly, what makes me great, what, you know, tips me off. Things like that, you know, and also accepting like what I'm going through with like even my mental health. Like right now, you are going through it, you know, but this is just a shit, you know, but being able to acknowledge it. Because if you don't acknowledge it, you're not even aware of what you're going, what you're going through, what you're exactly. doing, what steps you need to take to get out of it. Um, and even what you were saying, how your photography is how you cope. That's how I am with community service. I would literally do community service. Like, I spent three years in college, did $400 of community service by the end of it, documented it, like Mm -hmm. everything. But that was just a coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. Whenever I was stressed out, community service. And the thing is, I didn't realize that, shoot, I was depressed until I couldn't do any community service. Mm -hmm. And I had a lupus flare up, Mm -hmm. and I'm sitting in bed, and I'm like, damn, like, what's going on in my life? You know, I'm Mm -hmm. not productive if I don't do that. But now it's like if I don't do community service for like a week, I'm cool because I'm still productive somehow. I'm feeding into myself, whether it's the little Instagram memes or something like that, because some of those memes, you know, having information and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But uh, reading the Bible, I pour into myself. I haven't said sometimes like I like having said like that doing what makes me happy. And I think 
what people have to get to when it comes to being one with yourself is do what works for you. Mm-hmm. Like what works for Raven may not work for Zachary, mm-hmm. you know, or may not work for Carla. I know like you just got to do what works for you. And you, I mean, social media is kind of a it, it can be good, but it can be bad. Because when you're on social media, you're looking at how everybody else moves. Like, oh, well, so-and-so moved like this. She's out here going to conferences. Mm -hmm. Comparing is like, bro, like, she went to different conferences because she probably needs that for her journey. Mm -hmm. You don't need that for your journey. You need S, Y, and Z. You know, she probably doesn't need to meditate or feel the need to do it. But for you, you might have to meditate every night just so you don't cuss out the next person that you're (laughs) 9 to You know? It's a real thing, Um, man. But I, I love all of those points you made. And I think my only question that I had was you had those different bosses, but what about the boss for those who are entrepreneurs and creatives and having the nine to five? Like, where does that go? Because I know for me, speaking for myself, for my nine to five, it doesn't really stretch me out going to my nine to five mm. because I'm working on my Your business craft. while exactly. I'm doing it. So it's just like, oh, this is just the time that I can actually sit down, not being bothered because I'm at work mm-hmm. and I can do my nine to five rather than being at home. You know, because I'm watching TV and stuff. So, so what you found is a loophole. And so mm-hmm. what they say is a lot of people, when they when they are entrepreneurs and they still have a nine to five, most people will sabotage in a sense. They'll sabotage the actual nine to five to focus and work on what it is that they love. And so they're still mm-hmm. playing in that sandbox. But Or if they don't do that, then they'll get extremely depressed because... Once you figure out that there's a sandbox that you can play in and you can create all this stuff, you don't want to go back to work. You don't want to go work for somebody else, right? (laughs) You want to call in and everything. And so if you continue (laughs) to do that, you will drive yourself mad and until you will finally lose your mind. And I call it, and you know, I hate to put out that like, you shouldn't work a nine. I don't want to put that out there because Mm -hmm. some people, you have to do what you have to do until you get to where you want to get. But when you do work a nine to five, you are constantly losing Mm -hmm. and you're constantly losing time from your family, time from yourself, time from all of these amazing things that you can do in life. Because here's the thing, we are all humans and we're blessed with this human life. And nobody understands that. If people understood that we have this human life in us, we wouldn't get depressed. You have to realize God has done some amazing things with us. And I, yeah. I you know, Listen. I just want to put it this way. You could have woken up with dog life. You could have woken up with cat life. You could have woken up with monkey life. You could have been a monkey in the jungle with a jaguar five feet behind you, right? right? But you woke up this morning as a human being. And look what human beings have done. We have people, you know, flying in, you know, spaceships. Mm -hmm. We we can go to, you know, down at the bottom of the ocean in submarines. Like, humans have created that. Mm -hmm. And what I truly believe is that right now we're told this lie that, you have to be born with a certain talent, a mm-hmm. talent to sing or a talent for uh, basketball or, or whatever it is, smarts, right? And I truly believe that we all have those talents inside of us. We've just been oppressed. Mm-hmm. And once you start to dig back into yourself, you free yourself from that oppression. And so you realize that gift that God has given us, that human life. But it's actually, it's a lot of science behind it. I don't want to get too much into it. I, I encourage everyone to look it up, but it's called flow state. And uh, that's just one way that people describe it. But so like those neurochemicals I was talking about and um, and when you're depressed, a lack of serotonin, a lack of dopamine. So when you start to give back to yourself um, and you get into this flow state, not only are you are you 
gaining those neurochemicals, but you're also gaining a plethora of other ones that are high performance. So you actually become smarter, you become quicker, you learn faster, you take in knowledge and you distribute knowledge quicker. It's, it's an amazing thing. Um, there's a book by a guy named Stephen Cogler called um, Stealing Fire. And it's a really amazing book. And he talks about the flow state. But um, but yeah, it's just it's so much stuff that we don't know that so many antagonists. And if I can talk about uh, Facebook and social media real quick, what I discovered. Let, let's do a let's do a practice real quick. I want to do a, I want to do something. People won't be able to see it, but uh, I want everybody to pull up their phone right now. Can sure. we do that? OK, I just want to do uh, a quick. This is one thing I do in my class, right? Okay. So you can pull up the last, and if you're listening, pull out your phone as long as you're not driving. Pull out your phone, go to social media, the last thing you were on, right? Okay, so I want everybody to take their phones and put it right here, okay? Now, now if you're listening, take your phone and put it in your left hand and put it about halfway, put it about two feet away from you, okay? Now what I want you to do is I want you to take your right hand and I want you to take it and ball it into a fist. This fist, this is you. This is your inner brain. This is, this is you being one with your presence. This is you knowing everything about yourself, about your life. Everything you want to achieve in life is mm -hmm. right here. It's out here now, okay? Put it way out there. Now, this is what's inside of our brain. And when we start to give back to ourselves, okay? So everybody listening, take your right hand and put it, stretch it as far as you can out. So now you're going to put your phone up, okay? Now, I want you to stare at your phone. Now, focus in on your phone. Now, do you see how blurry that fist is? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what you have to do is you have to start doing like this. You have to get that phone away, and you got to get that fist up here. And you got it. So if you're, not, if you're listening, you have to move your fist upwards mm -hmm. and put the phone away. Because people don't realize, like you were talking about, comparison of social yeah. media and just how distracting that is. Because those are all thoughts and ideas that other people are having, and they're projecting that online. And when you go online and you look at that, you're just you're taking away from yourself. Yeah. And if we constantly do that over and over and over and then we're comparing and just to get back to affirmations, social media, those are negative affirmations. When you so we talk about positive affirmations. Um, could you guys give an example of a positive affirmation real quick? Oh, yeah. Um, I am strong. I am beautiful. I am courageous. I am successful. I mean, I think. Affirmations for me always start with I am. Mm -hmm. I'm speaking out into the universe who I am, you know, what I want to become so that I can receive it back. So I think personally, affirmation starts with I am. So yeah. I absolutely agree. Like yeah. Mine is always I am fearless. I am fearless. I love that. I love that. Okay. So when we get on social media and not even social media, when we wake up in the morning and we look at something in our house that maybe we don't like, that's a negative affirmation. So, for instance, if we look at our car and we're like, man, we could have we should fix that. or I need to get this fixed. I need a new car. Or, this isn't working and the sink isn't working. You know, those are negative affirmations that we're constantly experiencing over and over. And when we get on Facebook, especially Instagram, and we see people with all these nice, fancy things. Oh, this person's on a beach. This person has these are constant negative affirmations. We think that they're inspiring us. But all we're doing is comparing our own lives to what these other people have. So once we know who we are, then we can realize that none of that stuff matters mm -hmm. because what matters is what the experiences we have in our real in our lives and our every day to day. And once we realize that we can we can do anything, there's any nothing that we can achieve. So totally. a lot of negative affirmations that we constantly see. And that's why it's so important to constantly be 
um, constantly documenting your thoughts and writing it down and saying saying these things, hearing your voice, because a lot of people, they don't know what their voice sounds like. Mm. They don't. They don't know what their voice sounds like. And not on a conscious level, but on a subconscious level, mm -hmm. too. They're not connected with it. And, you know, some people, they're afraid that they might be loud and they might scare people. Mm -hmm. And so you can't be you can't be nervous of that. Right. You just have to put it out there and, and you'll gravitate, you know, law of attraction, bring mm -hmm. who you will. So, yeah, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I say. I, I got a lot to say. I'm just trying to oh, no. yeah. form it down. <laughs> you are the guest. I'm loving everything that you're saying. I mean, you're dropping some gems. You're you. um, opening up my mind. I'm thinking about some things and, you know, taking note of things. So thank you. Yeah. I just feel like um, me and you had that conversation that day. Oh, yeah. And it was pretty deep. I, I, I loved it. I enjoyed it. Um, but what I took from that and this basically is another affirmation is that we, we have to control our state of mind. Exactly. Um, so let me use maybe a basketball game for an example. Um, a bas there's, it's one event. There's going to be a winning team and there's going to be a losing team. Um, how we react to that. Like if you're the part of the winning team, you're going to be happy, joyful, everything's great. The losing team is going to, you know, might not be as as happy and joyful about what has occurred but it's still that one event so so my thing is how you how you interpret things does not always have to be the same mm -hmm. that you need to be able to control your interpretation of things to get out of it what you need exactly maybe you Woo. needed that loss yeah. maybe you needed that so that you can improve somewhere else in your life mm -hmm. and so when you can apply that little small analogy to every part of your life and understand that what is happening it, how you receive it is up to you, mm -hmm. then you can uh, help to control your depression. You can help to control your experiences. You can help to just really manifest and affirm the things in your life that you need for your path. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, that's what I'm trying to work Powerful. on and Powerful. what I'm getting out of what you're telling me. And it started with our conversation. Yeah. Honestly, I love that. And I think what I love the most about that is really bottom line is not every loss has to be a loss. It's a right. lesson, you know, like whether you fresh out of a breakup, you know, it's like, okay, well, it didn't have to be a devastating breakup or something. It could mm -hmm. be, maybe I need to be single so I can do X, Y, and Z. Or, you know, you get laid off from your job or you quit your job. Well, yeah, you know, I might be having to struggle and figure something out, but maybe that wasn't the job I need to do. Exactly. But it showed me I need to go into this field. Mm -hmm. So I love that you, you said that because not every loss has to be a loss. It's a lesson. It's, it's a like, learning experience. And it's really a, a plus. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think either way, it, it goes from a win-lose to a win-win. Because regardless, the only thing you lost was maybe time, but did you really lose right. time? Exactly. You know, so I, I like that because I stopped looking at stuff as a win-lose. I was like, I didn't really lose. I don't nothing. Yeah. You know, I just, I won't make that same mistake again or I won't do this again. And then it taught me a better habit. Mm -hmm. So, shit, really, I won. You yeah. know? It's an investment. Yeah, yeah. And really, everything is an investment. Everything you do to yourself that's positive is an investment. Mm -hmm. um, when you sell yourself short, you're taking a loss. Yeah. You know, so it's like when I start looking at my life as a business, you know, like I have employees, man, in my life who are my friend. Your job as my friend is to pour into me and I pour into you. Exactly. You're not doing that. You're getting fired. Yeah. It is what it is, you yeah. know, but you have to invest in yourself and keep that same energy with yourself or you're going to fall short. I love it. That mm -hmm. is so wise. I so like much that. wisdom being shared today, guys. <laughs> thank you for having me. I love oh, it. No. I love thank it. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. Like, this is exciting. Um, man, so, so you have a book. Yes, ma'am. Tell us about your book. Okay, so my book is called Turning Ads into Art. 
And I basically, I wrote it after, um, after just learning all this stuff about business and life. And these last 10 years as a portrait photographer have really, you know, I've, I've worked with CEOs and presidents of companies. And, but at the same time, I've also worked with like, with like homeless people and I've helped the community. So I've been able to see so many different worldviews and aspects. And I started to see the patterns of how this related in business and how you can help market yourself. So today, what I kind of did was I have, I have a few nuggets that I like to drop, mm-hmm. but sure. uh, from, from the book, different chapters. Um, one of them is called Cultivating Your Circle. So we're gonna, we can talk about cultivating your circle if you want. Absolutely. You guys want to go ahead and jump into that? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay, so cultivating your circle. Um, one thing I call it is the Oprah car, okay? So cultivating your circle is about how Right now, most people, when they look at marketing, they look at business, they think about how can I get my message out to the most people possible, right? How much money do I need to spend online? What do I need to do to get my message out to the most people? All of these new people trying to get new business, right? Cultivating your circle is simply taking care of the business that you already have, the clients that you already work with, right? How can you... How can you incentivize them to bring you a word of mouth, Mm -hmm. a referral, right? So the example that I use is Oprah's car. Oprah, this is the moment that we all know her for. I mean, we know her for a lot of amazing things. But what is the one thing that she does? You get a car. You get a car. You get a car. Right? So she, now this is after Oprah was already like up there. Yeah. Right? But she did this on her show. She had like hundreds of women come to her show pay hundreds, if not thousands of dollars to be there. So they already spent their money with her. And what did she do? Said, Look up under your seat, guys. Everybody gets a car. That is the ultimate way to cultivate your circle. Now, this has happened over 10 years ago. I'm pretty sure there are people that are still talking about that moment, mm-hmm. still talking about that car that Oprah gave them. And that message is now being spread out like little seeds to everyone. So it's the ultimate referral. And so what we have to do as businesses, we have to start figuring out ways to incentivize. I don't care if you have two clients, two customers. We have to figure out how to incentivize them to get them to start talking for us, you know, and cultivating that circle. So so doing things for them. For instance, um, my lady, I'll give an example. Her her dad, he uh, the house that they owned from the real estate agent, I don't want to say State Farm, I think it is. But the lady, the agent, she every, every uh, year she sends him a calendar. Right. And so they bought that house like 30 years ago. But any opportunity, anyone's talking about real estate or homes or whatever, he always mentions her name. Always. And he hasn't worked with her, even spoken with her in 30 years. And it's because every single year she sends him a calendar. I first experienced this when um, I was working with another real estate agent. And um, basically, he uh, after the shoot, I worked with him and his wife and they sent me he sent me a, a. just a letter in the mail with the picture that I took and it had just a little card on the back of it and it was really nice. And I was like, wow, he's really cultivating his circle because now I'm here talking about it. And that was, you know, six years ago. And I always think about that and I always spread his name out there. So that's what we have to think about. How how, what are ideas that we can do to come up with to start incentivizing our current clients? What can we give them? And even if we have to spend a lot, a little money and go out of our way, what is it that we can give them to really cultivate that circle? So yeah. I love that. Um, I always tell myself that before I establish a relationship, whether it's professional, private, 
uh, personal, what value can I bring to this relationship? Exactly. Um, in order for any relationship to work, you guys have to pour into each other. It has to be a two-way street. Reciprocity. Give, Absolutely. Giving and receiving. Yeah. In order for that relationship to grow, it has to go both ways. And so my first approach before I really want to engage into any sort of relationship is what value can I bring to this? Mm-hmm. What can I offer before I ask and, you know, what, what can you do for me? Try to flip that so that way, you know, that positive and it's starting off on a good foot. Mm-hmm. You can't control it all the time, but at least you know your intent is what it needed to be. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, you know, just getting in, getting deeper into that, like in a literal you know perspective, just for the listeners um, who might be on the other side of it. Like you may be wondering, how can I pour into that person? Really just think about, like, OK, you know. Let's say you're on the phone with a friend mm-hmm. and you're listening to them rambling like, all the stuff that they're going through and stuff like that. Well, sometimes, you know, be willing to volunteer some time. Like, hey, well, can I help you with this then? You know, um, and really just mm-hmm. being selfless because honestly, mm-hmm. once you put out there, you will get back. You know, not that that has to be your intention or anything, but it's like, I mean, it wouldn't kill you to spend the same hour you spend listening to the person's problems, spend the same hour helping them. Exactly. You know, like, yeah, that's, and that's, that's literally how you pour into somebody. Like, if you hear somebody say, oh, I don't really have nobody to talk to. Okay, well, every, every day, well, not every day, but like maybe every week, I'll dedicate, you know, every Sunday. I have a friend. Every Sunday we talk for at least now on the phone. Mm-hmm. And that started a year ago. Like, we just realized we came up on a year, but that started because... We didn't really have nobody to talk to. So every Sunday, we talk whether it's uh, before she go to church or that night. Um, and that helps the week flow, you know. So it's like just little things like that, Absolutely. you know. That's how you pour into people, if, you know, for the listeners that may be wondering, like, well, how do we know how to do that? Well, like, how do you add value? Little things. Yeah. That's how you do it. You help them where you hear they need it, you yeah. know. Yeah, I love That's it. Stuff. That's dope. I, I love like it. it. If I could go give one point to that. The main, the biggest thing that I see as a photographer, I have other photographers that come and ask for help and stuff. And just like you said, just like you said, adding value, value proposition. Most people I see right now, they they say, hey, can you help me with this? Just say, hey, can I help you with this? Can I come to a shoot? Can I exist? Can mm-hmm. I, anything, anything. Okay. And then once you get there, I'll show you all you need to know. But if you just come at me like that, then it's like, you know. You know, and that's not just me. That's business in general. Absolutely. So, so many people. I call it people on the mountain. People are lost in the forest. And entrepreneurs hustling and grinding, and we're trying to get help from people on the mountain. Well, we ask those people for help on the mountain, and they say no, and we wonder why. It's because we didn't offer them rope. We didn't offer right. them any help or assistance. No you know, you know, we just, yeah. we just, hey, will you help me? They're not going to get off that mountain to come and help us. You know, and we, we can't expect that. You know, and so what? One thing, if I'll stick with that analogy. And this is in the book. One thing that I'll say about it is um, a lot of the times people that are lost in that forest, what they do is they they put up those smoke signals because they want help. And they think that they're reaching people on the mountain, but they're going to these different, you know, fortune builder groups and they're around all these people and they're putting out their problems. And what what happens is they end up asking for help and they end up getting a bunch of wolves, Mm. wolves in the forest. Mm. And those people, if you're not careful, they will take all your money. All your ideas, they will steal your ideas. Mm-hmm. So you have to be careful about those smoke signals that you're putting that you're putting up there. You yeah. really have to be careful who you're asking help from in the first place. Yes. You know, and so I just that's one thing I like to. Very put out true. There. That's a good analogy. Thank you. Even praying and manifesting, mm-hmm. and that's what I started doing. Like, 
because um, I mean, one thing that I kind of think about is like when you get on Facebook and you see people say like, oh, you know, is so-and-so open today or where's the nearest, you know, blah, blah, blah. Google it, you know, or yeah. pick up the phone, call somebody and find out. <laughs> Don't get on Facebook sending a smoke signal, you know, signal for it. Exactly. Handle it yourself. Yeah, just handle it, you know, but something that I started doing, you know, even within myself is like, instead of making it public what I need, I just call somebody and just say, hey, like, mom, this is what I need. Do you know the resources for blah, blah, blah? Because at least I know my mom ain't a wolf. Exactly. She's not going to drain me, you know, exactly. like I start. Because the thing is, I have my tribe that I know I can go to. I know they're not going to eat me alive and stuff like that. So I can ask them those same questions that I probably would sit the same smoke sitting well to the mm-hmm. public, you know. So it's like I think about stuff and how like how, what you said and how I'm doing that in my own life. Like, man, that's. I'm glad you're you confirming that. Oh, yeah. Good. That's cool. It's, it's dangerous. And not just business, but relationships, too. That could be very dangerous. And I see a lot of people doing that. They, you know, going through whatever the circumstances, and they might put something out there, and that attracts people, and it might attract them for the wrong reason. Oh, and man. I know I've done that. And yeah. so I had to get away from it. I had to stop putting out all my business, you yeah. know? Because I can because it, it's so like, easy. Like, yeah. you know? It's like let me just it's, talk. It's People, almost like you put mm-hmm. a target on your back sometimes mm-hmm. because you don't know everyone else's intent. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Everyone's not there to help you. Yeah. You know, so if you're putting a target on your own back and wondering why do I keep messing with the same type of men, the same type of friends, going through some of the same situations, but you're fueling that fire, you're providing it people with that ammunition. Mm-hmm. I mean exactly. you gotta acknowledge yeah. that. So, so real quick, one more metaphor, and I'm going to let you talk, because I know you guys no. are boiling up. Okay, so just like we're talking about, so, so I've seen a lot of this year in 2019, I was so happy. I saw a lot of people moving to do positive change in their life, right? And again, I hope it's not just a New Year resolution, but I hope that it stays with people. Mm-hmm. But the biggest problem that I saw is that a lot of people, I call it that car on the highway, a lot of people in the new year, they brought that car that they've been having all their baggage in for the last 10 years, they brought it in with them this year. So a lot of the same friends that have been, you know, not participating in their success, they brought that around, the same family members, whoever it is. And so you have to let go of that. And it's okay. It's okay if you want to go back later and help them out, it's fine. But and you can't expect those people to understand what you're going through because they're not doing the research. They're not learning this and that. They're not on YouTube doing all this, learning this stuff. So when you come to them with those problems, with those questions, with those ideas, they just don't care. But it's not their fault. They just don't know. So a lot of people, what you have to do is you have to leave that, that car on the side of the highway. Because inside of that car, you have to imagine it, right? You're on the highway and you're going to your journey. And a lot of times, and most of the times for people, that car will break down. It'll eventually break down. And if those people in that car that have been in your corner this entire time, if they don't get out of that car and start pushing it Ooh. with you to your journey, then you have to you have to get out of that car. Exactly. And, you, and you can't push, because I, for me personally, I've been pushing that car for so long right. with all those people in that car. And I've watched them and I've tried to get them a little success here and there. And they just don't appreciate it. They never will because it's yeah. not their car. It's yours. It's yours. So you have to let go, start walking. And after you walk, you start running. But you have to get mm-hmm. to your journey. And then you can come back, help whoever you want to help. But you yeah. have to do it on your own. And you can't expect so much. You know, we, we And I think that's how we're raised. We're expected to uh, seek attention or some type of approval from people. Mm-hmm. And once you have that approval from yourself, which all you ladies do here, and it's a beautiful thing, then you don't need it from anybody else. Right. So. 
And I love that car analogy because it's one of those things where you got to have people around that's going to say, hell no, girl, I was with you. This is this my car too. We're right. going to push this thing. Or, Pushing it with you. know, you. and also having those friends that are equipped with the tools to say, you know what? It's just a flat. Maybe the transmission ain't out. It's just a flat. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> I know how to fix it. it. I love it. I got you. You know, somebody else like, well, shoot, I know how to change the oil out. You know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Because the fact of the matter is, you're pushing that car by yourself because you're with people that's not equipped to help you during this exactly. journey. And exactly. And that's why it's like you have to be okay with unapologetically letting those people go. Because like I said, you can always come back. Mm-hmm. You know, just like when people move out of state, they can always come back and visit. Exactly. It's just I couldn't take you with me. Mm-mm. You know, and, and Ooh, you know. Saying words. Man, I mean, it just, it's real. That's real because, you know, it's, and it's also having to let those people know, like, hey, it ain't no beef. I don't hate you. Exactly. It's just right now, for this, where I'm at right now, you're not going to understand what I'm going mm-hmm. through. But let me come back when you don't have to. And you just got to just be there. You know? So, man, I, I, man, listen, you done brought a whole word today. Thanks, guys. I, I like that. Thank you, yeah. ever, thank you for having me. Yes. <laughs> no, thank you for coming. Mm-hmm. Thank you Absolutely. for having me. Absolutely, yes. We appreciate everything yeah. you shared. Yes. Um, man. How? Is it really that time? Yeah. You know, I could talk for like Ooh. three hours. <laughs> yeah. Because I only mentioned about this. one business nugget, but I got a couple more. If, if yes, let's, we got let's time. carry on. Yeah, we got to wrap it Okay, so the last, uh, I'll wrap it up, okay? But in my book, I talk about the four, um, the four, the four pillars of business, and that's brand, content, culture, and community. Okay, and it's a long strategy, but once you figure out the formula, then you can do it for anything in life. But basically, first, you need to understand your community, who it is that you're targeting. And I don't like that word target, but who it is that you're servicing, you're helping. Most people are just trying to sell, sell, sell. You got to help. And so figuring out who you're helping, figure out who's in your community. And then once you do that, then you take culture and culture is what's trending in your community. So for me, I create a cultural calendar and that's mm-hmm. just a thought board where I start putting dates, right? Yeah. And on that calendar, I have events, holidays, and, um, and entertainment. So I align what's going on in my community with what's going on in my culture. So I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. And then I create content for that. Yeah. So I'll give you an example. So let's say, let's say one of you guys bakes cakes. Okay, you're a cake baker. Mm-hmm. That's what my mom used to. And so basically, so you need to know who's in your community, who you're targeting, who you're servicing. You're servicing mostly children, right? Maybe birthday parties, okay? So after you build, so after you figure out your community, then you build a cultural calendar. And that cultural calendar will have holidays on it. So you know, okay, I need to make a cake for Valentine's Day, whatever. But also, like for instance, entertainment. So you look at some of the movies that are coming out this year. That's what entertainment is, TV shows. How your business can kind of piggyback on to the things that are already trending and and social media and stuff, right? So for instance, if I'm baking a cake and I'm marketing towards kids, Mm -hmm. then I know about the Avengers. I need to know when that's coming out, when the next Marvel movie is going to come out, right? And then what you do is you start to make content preparing for that whenever it's going to be trending Mm -hmm. so for instance i'd make a video on how to make a avengers cake right right? and then i go market that for three four weeks before the movie comes out so then as soon as people see it they go back to oh 
Was Zach was making them Avengers cakes. Yeah, right. So he so he's already in on this. And so then that turns into who what your brand is. And then after you figure that brand out, then you start to realize or I'm sorry. That turns into your brand once you start putting out so much content and afterwards you have breadcrumbs where people, even if it's, you know, if you do that once a month, put out some type of content, then, you know, 10 months down the line, somebody can go and see who you are. And instead of seeing a bunch of memes or whatever on your Facebook, they're seeing all the things that you've accomplished, all the people in your community that you've helped. And that's why it's so important to know who your community is. So that was it's in the book. It's amazing stuff. And I promise you it's a formula that you'll love. But real quick, I'm going to give everybody advice on business. One last advice. Okay, so I call this the Daily 25. And it's a challenge and you can do it for a week. And basically, it's talk to 25 people a day. Okay, 25 new people about your business, about you, whoever you are, whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. Just talking to them about that. And, and the same guy that um, the same guy that actually sent me that letter, he told me about this, right? And uh, the, the real estate agent. And uh, so basically what it is, is every day for a week, you contact 25 people, five people in person, five people over the phone, five people through a letter, five people through email and five people on social media. Okay. However you talk to them, however you want to be genuine and get your business name out there, do it. But you have to do that. You have to. And you have to do it on all these different scales because everyone gets so caught up on social media, but they don't realize social media isn't real. It's not real interaction. It's actually anti-social. Uh, yes. So you have to go out in person. You have to start talking to people, meeting people. And listen, I know it's scary, but the truth is people, they actually want to talk to somebody. Absolutely. because, And that's the thing that no one's saying. People are, I don't want to say they're lonely, but we're lonely. We're mm-hmm. depressed. We're sad. Mm-hmm. We're Scared. All these things are happening to us. So if you can go and approach someone and just be positive, just be a force of positivity and put that into their life. And then after that, tell them what you do. I guarantee you they'll look you up and they'll find a reason to put you into their life. Mm -hmm. And the problem is right now, most people, they just want to start with the pitch and nobody cares about the pitch. Mm -hmm. Start with you. Then they'll say, "Okay, I like this person. What is it you do again? Mm-hmm. Dance or get yeah. Exactly. And then they're like, okay, I'll figure something out. We'll, we'll work you in. And that's what I've, that's what I've experienced. So, okay. but yeah, top daily 25, start doing it. And I promise you, you'll see results in the first week. So. And can you tell them what the name of your book, where they can buy it? Okay. So site? still working on distribution, but it's going to be called turning ads into art. You'll be able to pick it up specifically from my website, which is ZacharyLeePhoto.com. And if you just want to check out my website and see my art, I'm really artistic, I think you'd like it. So, yeah. Do you have any upcoming events or anything um, that we need to know about? <laughs> just Drop being, on me in here dancing, y'all. I'm dancing. I'm just excited. Um, I, I just, I'll be all over. So please be aware of me. Look me up, Zachary Lee. You can find me on Instagram at Zachary Lee Photo. Find me on Facebook at Zachary Lee. And um, I'll, I'll be coming and seeing you soon, everybody out there. So be ready. Yes. Yes. Okay. What about y'all? Do you guys have any events you want to mention? Yes. So I have um, Unwind. We will be partnering with uh, Burn by Rocky Patel. Um, what we will be doing is a fundraiser. Is at six o'clock, um, off of thirteen two thirty, uh, Pawnee Drive. It's at six o'clock. You just come in. It's just a social from uh, intellectual uh, socialite, party professional to intrigue entrepreneur, or just anyone who enjoys networking, uh, 
in both a entertaining and classy environment. Five dollars uh, per attendee will go towards Self Defense Foundation, uh, which is my nonprofit. is a emergency and disaster relief and preparedness organization of Oklahoma City. Um, we are planning on opening up a donation center here in Oklahoma City, so that is where the proceeds will go towards. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. Oh, sorry. March 26th. March 26th. Next, next Wednesday. So, come on out. Oh, that's amazing. What about you, Ina? Anything you got going on? Uh, I, have a, sister? <laughs> I have a couple of things. Um, I do have something for from um, the Community and Culture Center. So, Northeast OKC Community and Culture Center have a March Madness pop-up shop, March 31st at 2 p.m., Join us as they showcase several small businesses within our community. You can inbox them for more information. Again, that's Northeast OKC Community and Cultural Center. Um, I also have my um, event coming up this Friday, which is the sister um, link up. And it's going to be at La Brasa. And again, it's just, you know, it's a social occasion where we get together after a long work week. We grab appetizers, drinks, and we just, you know, talk about our work week personal life and we just talk you know just unwind um and then my other event will be my sip and paint will be my sip and paint and that is going to be um april 20th and that's going to be at um the art craft love creative space and the address is 5520 east reno avenue dell city oklahoma and the price is 30 dollars. that includes the canvas supplies wine and goodies um, and the seat is thirty dollars, and you can contact me, Ina Robinson, on Facebook to secure your seat. Okay, so I have a question on yes. that because I've been looking at it. it; looks so amazing. So, quick question: two questions. One: Are guys allowed? No. No. Okay. No guys. <laughs> okay. So, second question: Is there going to be? Um, are you like doing a male figure, or or is it like fruit, like like the type of stuff that you're like? painting the canvas is it's an actual it's a sisterhood canvas so mm -hmm. it's like you know the the picture's going to speak of unity togetherness and things like that okay so it's not like a male nudity or anything no okay because because my lady there was one like there that. is exactly one that's either coming to oklahoma or it's already been here okay. okay but no this is strictly just sisterhood get okay, together unity togetherness and my lady. have a great time i wanted to invite her but she was like she was like Listen, you sure said, let me make sure <laughs> you sure she was <laughs> nah, like nah, she, nah, she was nah, like nah. i think that has and nah. i was like no no baby <laughs> that ain't me go to that i don't mind <laughs> that's it for me carla what you have um well nothing i have personally but some things i do want to mention um Miss Dayona Monet, she's hosting a credit and daiquiris, um, sip and learn. Basically, she's just going to obviously have some drinks there, but teach you guys about financial stability, how that, how credit ties into that. Um, everyone knows that they use credit for everything, and you know America's educational system is just not set up to teach our community anything about it. So she's taken initiative and started a whole, um, you know, program for that, a whole um, campaign for that, I would say. Um, and then we have the Black Leadership Network Community Service Event. They are getting involved with the Oklahoma City Memorial Marathon. Um, I'm sure you could uh, reach out to Apollo Woods for more information on that and also Tiffany Cunningham. So um, if you want to sign up to volunteer for that, I did it last year, had a blast. Um, it's just a real good energy that everyone is there knows that they're what they're there for raising money and awareness for just um, I think what is this one? I'm not sure of the actual is it a disease is a heart disease? 
I'm not sure. But e either way, it's a great event. The Oklahoma City Memorial Marathon is every year. And those are the only two things I kind of wanted to mention. All right, thank you so much yes, for coming. We appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. You guys are amazing. And um, I just, again, I want to just kind of clear clarify what you guys are doing is so amazing. And people, we need this. We need this so bad in this state. I've been here for so long. I've seen so much, I don't say negative stuff, but a lot of bad stuff. Mm -hmm. And people are putting out a lot of bad stuff. And so to see some a group of women, powerful, strong, putting out such a positive message and getting creating something where everybody can come and talk, Absolutely. a platform, if that's what it is, it's a platform. And so I just want to thank you guys so much. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. All right. We will see you guys next time. And uh, y'all have a good week. See y'all next time.